Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. As an entrepreneur, you are an expert in your field. And it's important to understand where you are an expert and where you need to align yourself with other professionals, either to grow your organization or to provide a more full service to your clients. We're gonna go there today with Sam Dean from Down Under Australia as we talk about partnerships, managing change, and how to put it all together. It's a great episode. I hope you join us. This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, my guest is Sam Dean of Blueprint HQ. Welcome, Sam. Thank you so much, Wendy. I'm so happy to be here. Super excited. Yeah, it's you have so much uh, wisdom from the things you've done. I can't wait to unpack some of that. Uh, so Sam, you help experts, expert entrepreneurs in particular, but mm-hmm. well, how did you start out? How did you figure out this was your niche? I am one. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> Move on to the next question. Okay. Yeah. No. Awesome. So what, what is, so how did you find yourself to be an expert entrepreneur or, and maybe you should define that for us. I'll, def- I'll define that. Um, so I have, I am actually qualified accountant. Um, mm-hmm. I have been qualified now for over 30 years and I, I am an expert and as such thought that that was the being an end all of all, um, particularly around the accountants. And when you look at, um, so I obviously in Australia um, and this is very similar in the States and the UK and everywhere else is that when you kind of jump to accountant, you think tax accountant, mm-hmm. which is a specialization within a, in a big industry. Um, you know, so early on in the piece, of course, I became an accountant um, in the nineties. So um, that, you know, I, when my grandfather was an accountant who he influenced me greatly, all he did all day was talk to people. So I thought that's what accountants did. I love numbers. Mm-hmm don't like bringing them together, but um, I love the interpretation of that, what they mean and, and the story. Um, so I thought, obviously, be an accountant. So then, you know, you jump into that, um, you start, you know, you this is the world of that massive productivity, 100%, you know, you work 16 hours, you get paid nothing. Um, and, you know, you did the hard work. So you would ultimately become a business owner. Um, and we didn't even call it back then business owners. It was partnership or whatever that means as oh, a career yeah. progression, progression. And that model honestly just sucked big time, but nobody um, kind of thought about it because everyone had been really pretty much doing it since the 1800s. So that's just the way we did it. Um, so I um, early on in the piece um, had the honor to go out and do it in a very isolated regional area um, with the accounting firm that I was in. Got to do a lot of broad stuff out there. And then when I came back with, and then I met my husband out there as well. In Australia, you go out west and you find a nice young man and you bring him back to the city, wrangle him. <laughs> <laughs> kind Last of what happened. In. Okay, good. Last um, literally. 
And, um, you know, brought him back to the, we came back down here and um, I, I started an accounting firm um, here. I'm in um, sort of regional, um, so it's not really regional. It, it, it's about 100K out of the main city here, Brisbane. Um, but the city's pretty big where I am talking about us about 100 people, 100,000 people. So, and I, you know, found a job there and it just, I wasn't aligned with it. The people there and everything wasn't great. So I thought being an accountant, of course, this is early 2000s now. Um, over here, we had GST come in. Um, we had the, you know, the whole Y2K thing and everything exciting happened. Um, I'm going to assume that your audience is around our age. So they actually understand those words. Um, and, and yes, we didn't have email or iPhones or anything back then. And um, so I thought as an accountant, I knew everything there was about business. So my husband and I were going to business together and we mm. opened up a tree services business called Chopping Down Trees. Transpired, didn't know anything about running an accounting practice, uh, sorry, a business, um, a normal business, shall we say. And I Not learned- an accountant to, business. Yes. Um, so I'd run, yeah, I'd run an accounting practice before the one in um, Long Beach, um, I, um, which is where I was living. By this stage, I'd been in the industry about 12 years. Um, I, um, you know, I'd run that and done that and helped others and, you know, was going to go into partnership but decided not against it um, and then thought, here we go, can't be any harder. And, you know, I talk about, you know, accountants talk about business all the time. Anyhow. I got into a real one and um, that has all the aspects of a business model as opposed to just some of them and um, found out I had knew nothing. I had to go on a, a steep learning curve. I also did it. We opened the business and I had my first child on the same month. Right. There's one thing I, I as an expert, I've learned not to tell people what to do. I will tell you not to do that. <laughs> Anyhow, it was super tough. I realized that, um, I didn't know anything about really running businesses. What I did though, is I, what I did, and I think this was more ask than class. Um, I, we found a, another tree business that was doing an amazing thing and a business broker had, cause we didn't end up buying the business because as an accountant, I could value a business and there, there wasn't any value in any of these businesses. They were just jobs. Um, and that these guys had a great system. They had a great marketing system. They, you know, you, you would send out um, flyers in the post um, and then you knew if you send out a 1,000, you would get 15 calls. And then we, ha we had a, a CRM system back then. It was all DOS-based. It was amazing. Now I look back and I'm going, they, they were so be before their time. Mm. Um, then that flipped across to a project management So and we had a dedicated sales guy. Um, and that we grew the business because we were high-quality um really um we had the sales we were able to follow up lots and lots of sales i learned so much there um and i will forever be grateful that that and we fast tracked it 18 months to just under a million dollars i'm going to say it's a million dollars because it was 2003 well you know inflation um <laughs> and <laughs> anyhow i have never i never really looked back at that time and thought wow that was amazing like that's still amazing today to do mm. that um in that sort of business and we grew it to a point but we realized we weren't aligned to the actual business. So we weren't, um, we weren't passionate about trees and at the, or chopping them down. Um, and my husband was not passionate about running a business. He found it extremely stressful. Um, I'm a risk taker. He's not. And um, so we downsized that business. So we built it up and then we downsized it. And I went, I had a bee in my bonnet. I was going off to back into the accounting industry because I knew what 
business owners needed because I'd been one and they didn't need all the stuff that we thought we, they needed. What they needed is somewhere to sit, be safe. Um, it's very lonely um, being mm. a business owner. They need to understand how the numbers work through their business. Um, you know, they, they, the, all of this stuff that we as accountants kind of were very judgmental on. And what I did become to realize that we do, particularly as tax accountants, we do the end bit. By the time it gets there, it is too late to change it. Um, and that there's all these other mechanisms that run it. Um, and no one really talks about that. Also, the tax and all of that sort of stuff is super important as well, of course. Um, and then perhaps we weren't really talking about that well enough either. So I, I really wanted to start helping business owners about growing their businesses, not being lonely when you're doing it to actually, you know, because all I wanted was someone to talk to. It's extremely hard. You can't really talk to your, your spouse because they're in the business and they're stressed out of their brain anyhow. Um, you don't, certainly in blue collar workers like I had, you certainly don't want to talk to them. Yeah. Um, when I talked to my accounting friends, they kind of looked like, they looked at me because I just didn't understand. We don't have cash flow problems in tax accounting firms. We don't have um, suppliers ringing you up saying, where's your money? Um, you, you know, over here, you um, collect the GST for the government. And back then, because it was new, the government was basically very lenient, lenient mm -hmm. on the payment. So you do use it as a line of credit. Um, yeah. I started to understand all of this stuff. Um, and I realized that even I, I was being extremely judgmental. I remember saying to somebody, why on earth wouldn't you just put the GST aside um, and then just pay it back? It's not your money. I am, that, that's asshole. Sorry, can I say that? That's not a good thing to say to people. And um, I realized just how judgmental we were and stuff. So I had to be in my bonnet. I wanted to go back. They were talking about this business stuff in accounting firms. And I said, well, Every single SME, a small to medium business owner is in accounting firms because you have to go through accounting firms to lodge your tax. So there's my market. I'm off. I'm going to find another accounting firm who gets this. Um, so I started the journey that burnt me out completely. Um, <laughs> to burn out. Um, first, first firm I went to, got it. Then the guy who really got it left. Um, hmm. And the other guys just didn't get it. And then I decided I really need to go to a big firm because they would get it. So... Hmm. They did get it. So the, the, the firm that I went into that I bought into um, said, we want to do this stuff. Um, and I think what I learned in that um, process was, first of all, because we're tax accountants. So the word entrepreneur and, and stuff was coming around at this time. What I realized is that when we're in expert-based businesses, like you and I are, our business model is already established. We don't have to establish it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you try to bring in a different type of service that needs education in the market, um, a, a change in messages and all of this sort of stuff, no one taught me any of that. I just thought I'd go in like I did with tax, even though I had the tree experience, I didn't bring it across as quickly as I should have. And um, I set everything up. It was quite nice. Very good at systems. Um, no one came through the door. <laughs> and then I went to my partners and said, this is what I'm doing. Prefer. Feel that they will come and then they didn't. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Costner wasn't quite correct in that. So, um, <laughs> but every single person advising me now, I take advice. I'm, I'm a big believer in the who. Yeah. Um, and everybody advising me was telling me to do this, put the software in, do this, do this stuff, um, do your brochures, all of that stuff. 
I came to realize, Wendy, no one else had done it. So no one else, like I was speaking about it and stuff, had really done it. Now, I was getting a lot of work for cash flow statements, crisis work, and I started doing valuation work because I think the, the big number that you can always show people is what their businesses aren't worth because most businesses aren't worth anything. Um, people understood that. So they were getting me to do work. So there was some work. Mm. Um, account, you know, um, a lot of accountants don't want to do that type of work, so they give that to, to me. And I was in a big firm, 80-plus people, uh, 10 partners, Everyone's going, yes, we want to include this in. We can see the vision. We can understand it. And no one changed. Um, and, of course, I have this, I had this stupid idea that I could help people. <laughs> I can change people. Transfers, you can only change yourself. But, yeah, that was a hard lesson. Um, and, no, um, you know, we, we talk about collaboration. So off I went. I burn out. I put on 35 kilos over five years. Um, long and the short story is everyone was trying their best. Um, but I was in completely the wrong place with the completely the wrong people um, and in an industry that didn't want to change. Um, they would say they want to do all of this stuff, but it's hard work. You have to do work on yourself. You have to actually be aligned with yourself. You have to understand that. I didn't understand a lot of that. I remember being with a software company and they turned to me and said, you don't know how to sell. And I went, why would I? The ATO, my, the Australian tax office does it for me. Like, you know. yeah. Um, I I'm don't a have necessity. To I'm not an option. Yeah. It's illegal not to come to a tax accounting firm. Like <laughs> it's a great business model. If we could all have it. Thank you very much. Um, it me when I listened to your conversation um, that you learned a lot about real life as opposed to academic, right? Because I think accountants sometimes talk, I, I call it getting a PhD from the street. So I think you got that um, or from the tree lot <laughs> because, you know, you learned you learned the systems and stuff and the, the stresses that business owners actually feel yeah, the three and, what they, and what they need to track and what they need to do. That's different than maybe what a tax accountant thinks. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, I did, I absolutely did. And when I came out of that business, look, I had a few stop starts, um, but what I was trying to do in there was actually entrepreneurial. We were trying to start up something that hadn't been done before. Um, and we had a, I didn't have the skills to do that, to build products um, around that. Because even the tree services, mm. that product is no one. Like no one really knows what it is. Um, you have to educate people in it. But, you know, the, the how you chop a tree down and how you do it and how you systemize it was already known. Um, so building these products um, that I, I have now got down to pat, um, and that's why we work with expert businesses because, one of the things is, is that even tax and a lot of our expert advice isn't systemized. We kind of, we, it is systemized in that we do it the same way over time and the same way that our mentor did and whatever. But if we sit down and try to teach somebody overseas or someone else to do it, it's not productized. And when the clients come in, they all get different prices. So <laughs> it's crazy. It's a crazy business. And then everyone wants to go out and then, you know, offer advice to other other people and that's what burns us all out my big bang on is we have to stop the burnout in our expert businesses we can make more money with less time and so that what, you, what are the what are the major contributors to the burnout that we want to do everything for everybody is that one of them um i thought that was first because okay. um i uh, truly believe the leadership fatigue thing we're seeing in expert businesses is that we are not aligned with ourselves. Tell me more so, about that. What does that mean? What that means is you said it before is 
we are in a we are all experts and by experts i mean anyone who's really got a qualification they're really hard for it they're known for something um and they have to basically put their butt on the seat mm -hmm. to produce the the expertise um as experts we have models and generational shoulds mm -hmm. this is what our business should look like yeah. this is what we should do and you know we have that already in our society but then we've got the added layer in our businesses with startups there's no it's it's more it's 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 harder in a way because there's no there's no um structure for it mm -hmm. you know if, if you're really starting up something new most people don't but you know but with us um and i know you're in the same industry with us we have got years of what it should look like and it did work to a certain extent we did make money and we still do yeah but the at what cost um yeah. our health our depressions and everything and for me it was a massive cost um I woke up one day in that firm and said, I'm going to die if I don't get out. And I truly think that that may have happened. I was look a little mm. different than I did now, um, do now. But um, it's this whole structure. So we actually have to undo stuff. Right. The thing is, we usually have funds coming in, but there's this whole time of, um, to, you know, of, of that. And there isn't a lot of people who have done it. So there isn't something you can see and be. That's why I am so big on this and so visual trying to get trying to get more visual had to work over a lot of things ongoing you can not have it all mm -hmm. but you can build your business build your life around your business you have to align yourself so i think the big burnout is to answer your question um i think the biggest burnout is as leaders we're taught how to lead others mm -hmm. in a certain way and we're not taught how to lead ourselves so we're constantly um at war I think yeah. the second one is toxic people. Toxic people. I I can categorically tell you that my life has changed since I have a very big boundary on toxic people. Now, I'm not talking about this. I actually find people who are uh, quite nasty to you front on are easier to deal with. Mm. So toxic people for me are like my business partners. Um, they were telling me they'll walk the, they'll, they were talking and not walking. Right. Um, that's toxicity. It doesn't matter if they're nice people and you'll have them over the barbecue and everything. It's still toxicity. You're constantly at this gaslighting thing. Um, that's like a politics game, right? Like anyone who's playing politics. That yeah, politics. Like, like that seems uh, like it's not authentic and aligned. It's not aligned. And you've got to get people around you who support you, um, who will tell you how it is. Yeah. Like, I think you're wrong. I'm not going to do that. That is the kindest thing you can do. Yeah. People, I would rather someone say, I don't want to work with you. And I go, thank you. That's fantastic. Right. And move on. Um, rather than this and um, this kind of ebb and flow of, yeah, let's have another coffee. Let's have another coffee. Um, it's exhausting. Um, and there's actually a lot of research come out on this now for the corporate big resignation. It's the number one reason by three times the next one, which was uncertainty. Okay. Um, so there you well, go. So toxic people. Yeah. We, we talk sometimes in, when we're talking about uh, working with other people, like you said, uh, a no is way nicer to hear than a maybe. Oh yeah, just say no. Your business is making a profit. You're growing, but you may still feel like you don't fully have a grasp on how to make the best use of this success. Don't worry, you're not alone. Hi, I'm Wendy Brookhouse, creator of the Total Wealth Accelerator and host of this podcast. 
I've developed a quick and easy tool that will give you a detailed snapshot of where you're currently at in your business and wealth growth and how you can improve upon it. It's called your financial diagnostic score. It's completely free and you'll instantly get the results. So head over to TotalWealthScore.com right now and see where you can focus to grow your wealth. If you know if you're going to do something, you can feel it in your guts. Just Sorry, say, no, say it. It's okay. I'm a big girl. I can take it. <laughs> well, I would rather you say no because then now I'm not going to waste any more time. Like it's yes, done. See, exactly. this is the thing. Everyone says they don't have enough time. I think that we spend so much time on this stuff. Mm. It's I get so much done now. And, you know, my biggest KPI on my business now to jump forward is how is um, I have to ride my horse four to five days a week. There you go. And my team kicks my butt if I don't because it keeps me sane. I've worked out mm-hmm. what my system is um, to stack. You know, if this is a hard, you know, we are, we are dealing with a lot in society. We are dealing with a lot in our families and we are dealing a lot in our businesses. And if you're not focused on you, um, what keeps you energized, what keeps you, you're the biggest asset in your business. Um, and that you need to look at what saps your energy, what saps your time, what mm-hmm. saps everything else that's directly linked to how much money you make. Um, yeah. And I, you know, truly believe that no one has taught us the skills to do any of that, um, yeah. any of that. I had to learn it. As you said, I've learned it. I've had a, um uh, about two or three years ago, I went over to the States. I couldn't quite find um, United States where you guys are. <laughs> um, I couldn't find what I want. And I started to learn about this, you know, having a coach and, um, yeah. you know, putting these sort of people around you. I've already done a lot of internal work at that point, um, but needed to go even deeper. And then how we integrate. See, the problem is, is you do that work, but no one then teaches you how to integrate it into your everyday Yes. Um, and you need to integrate it into expert businesses because I truly believe experts should be the people taking the knowledge we know forward into the world. It shouldn't be some flipping AI. It should not be some, um, you know, 20-year-old um, doing this sort of AI whatever thing. Yeah. You need to be talking to people who have lived what they're talking lived yes. it yes and if you don't they will, cannot have the empathy for your shoes does that make sense yeah it really really does and so that seems to me then that leads back to the extra entrepreneur stuff so you have really developed kind of a system so that experts can plug in and understand how to build a scalable business um there's an analogy i don't know if you've ever heard of that i made me think because you talked about horses but that we should really consider ourselves as thoroughbred racehorses. And then what we do is we go, would you ever treat a thoroughbred racehorse the way you treat yourself? You know, don't eat properly, no exercise. Like how is that racehorse going to perform? So it's kind of an interesting analogy. And I think it plays into yours as well. You got to look, you've got to make yourself high performing in order to be able to more directly run your business influence people, change their lives, all those things. So you, yeah. you've moved yourself from, you know, padlock, paddock horse to uh, thoroughbred just by treating yourself better. I have actually. And it's so funny you say that because one day I was um, all through this, I've had a whole, had a, I'm highly competitive as well. 
you might pick that up. Um, <laughs> and, you know, as an amateur writer, it's, it's hard work to be. Um, but I was really, I disconnected it for four or five years because, you know, people were kind of, I, I kind of let the influence of, you, you know, uh, concentrate on your business and that will come later. That's crap, actually. Just do yeah. not do that. Just take everything. And I was, I came up from the stables one day and I went, oh my God, I treat this horse better than me. He's had his massage. <laughs> Right. I was analyzing his putting in him. I'm going exactly that analogy. Um, yeah. And it's like, and the thing, you know, going back to the toxic people, I found the most poison I was putting in my body. Well, first of all, I, um, were, I, I was an alcoholic. Um, so I gave up alcohol. I haven't had a drink in five and a half years. So that was the actual physical poison I was putting in my body. But the poison I was putting in my body that I needed that to numb was um, the environments that I was in. They were extraordinarily toxic um, and you were constantly battling all day, little, little micro battles. And then in your head, which is the worst toxic area, by the way, in your own head, um, yeah, it's, it's right. So you've got to watch not just what your food is and your intake and everything, but what, are you, what energy are you letting in as well? And, you know, the, the woman that I was seven years ago, if I had even said that sentence, she would have said, you're, can I say shit? You are full of it. You are full of it. Like, what does that actually mean? Um, but it's true. We are the biggest asset in our businesses and also entrepreneurs, whether expert or otherwise, if we're down. And even if you scale to a certain extent, and even if you do that, I mean, our my thing is, is that I believe experts should build businesses that, they do their magic um, a little bit, like because you and I, if we don't get in front of clients, we get a little bit sticky. I'm going to yep. assume that. Um, but have some kind of scaled education um, business based on that. So if you then decide to, look, I need to take a sabbatical, I'm, I'm done for a while. You know that your business income will drop, but you know that you've got this beautiful thing churning away. You've got people in there, systems in there, um, and you've got um, the education products that you've built. Um and it's all about finding out what that is. Yes. Um, because we are told that our expertise is what we've learned in books. Our expertise is actually what we've lived. Mm. Um, so, and it's both of those. So if you're an accountant and you, you can take the numbers and tell people how you've used them, um, you know, it's so important. So that's, I, that's the whole burnout piece as well. We are, but if we just, as experts too, if we just drop off, and we'll burn out that way too, like, because yeah. we're, we're, we want to use our brains and we want to bring to the world. And don't let um, a lot of, you know, a lot of software companies are saying that a lot of our stuff's irrelevant. That's crap. People want to connect mm. with people. But none of us have been built how, how to build great relationships, how to collaborate well, um, and how to look after ourselves. And you can't really collaborate unless you're very clear and very aligned with what you are. Because if you're not aligned onto what you want, no one can actually be attracted to you. Yeah. Um, and then if you don't have the skills to keep yourself aligned, boundary keeping, focused prioritization, um, you know, controlling your energy. I had uh, amazing Jay Fields on. I think you might know yes. her. Yeah. Um, about somatic energy. I do a lot of that work. I do a lot of that work myself. Um, you and you don't understand what drives you, and you don't understand that when you're feeling a little tired sit down somewhere else and rest mm. um that was one of my hardest lessons don't yeah. push don't push 
Um, yeah. I just finished a book called Effortless, and what I oh love about it, you have it. I uh, one of the lessons I took away is never do anything more today that you can't recover from before tomorrow. So I thought that was cool. But I want to dig down into this area of magic because I think mm -hmm. you're right. There's you've said a couple of things that I'm going to pull all together right now, which is all about we're experts. We should know this. We should know this. We should know that. Guess what? We don't. And so I think um, letting that should go is a big deal, but it does lead to, depending on what you're trying to achieve with your client, you may need to do collaboration. So you talked about a collaboration. So let's talk a bit about how does a good collaboration look like? Um, how do you know the differences between one that will be good and one that will be bad? Like, can we dig down into collaborations a bit? Because I think more and more the world needs to go that way where we work together um, on, to, to affect change. Absolutely. Well, I think the biggest key to collaboration is being clear on what you want mm -hmm. from it. Um, and I don't mean I want sales or anything quite <laughs> that light. Yeah. Remember, if you're collaborating with people, you are in a relationship with them. This yeah. whole I can have a business relationship and not a personal relationship is crap. It's kind of like saying that you can pull yourself apart. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they have to, um, you know, be it um, your godchildren or, you know, mm -hmm. but anything like that. But you, you are in a relationship. So it has to be somebody that if you meet them, you feel good around them. Yeah. Um, that they don't constantly talk about themselves. That's a big thing for me. I've got some very hard rules. I'm 51 now, so I've got some very big boundaries on that. You know, if someone doesn't at least have a, had had a look at who I am um, when I, when they want to have a collaboration call or anything like that, it's just, you're not, you're not curious. So curious is my big value. Um, so they need to have spent some time. Um, and, and when you meet them, if your energy decreases, mm -hmm. don't do it, no matter how good or anything, the collaboration goes, um, then it's, spend some time in the relationship build i have found i this is really frustrating what do you um, do in the relationship build to make um, the, like what are you looking for as you're doing this to know this is on side off so you talked about energy what else is there to look to pay attention to get to know them um mm -hmm. and see how much they talk about um about themselves as opposed to asking questions um and then also ask them what have you done give me some examples so who else have you collaborated with? How did that go? What do you use in a collaboration to make it work? Yeah. Um, why do you want to collaborate with us in, in particular? Um, I'll give you an example. I, I, you know, I always like to give lived examples. Um, I'm working with a big, um, we have an online education platform that um, has all of these aligned skills that I'm um, talking about. They support our, our consulting coaching at the moment, but you know, we want to make them more available to people. So somebody is approached and said, and quite a big, big, big person, uh, big um, thing and said, really interested in this, really like what you do. Um, so then I've said, well, you know, uh, give me some examples. They've got already a platform. So they've been very clear in what they want. And I've been very clear in what they want. You're not always going to have that clarity. Mm -hmm. But what you do want is what somebody who says immediately in some form, how can I help? Yeah. Um, if you, you need to hear that because otherwise that's take collaborations, mm -hmm. give and take. Um, 
it's a relationship it's a conversation it's backwards and forwards um and it's what's in it for us and then another thing i like to hear is how can we both win mm -hmm. it has to be win 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 now it might take a while to explore that but also every time you leave a meeting or a, or a conversation there has to be a next action that brings you to the next thing not i'll just go and have coffee let's have another coffee let's have no stop with the coffees um we can bring out well, zoom's good yeah like we're having coffee i'm having coffee now but um yeah it's or what i think i look for this is very personal though is i you know obviously i don't drink um collaborations and everything i found back in the day i used to think i had this amazing network amazing network and we all had a great time yeah but when i stopped drinking that went and it was big network um because i realized there's no substance to the relationships the relationship was based on getting together for wobbly bops, not. Yeah. And we did talk outside that. But when I look back and I, you know, I you'd be surprised I track numbers. Um, <laughs> um, there was no work coming. Another collaboration is why don't we start working to what I I'm very particular. So I have to do your course. You have to do mine. If we're going to yep. collaborate. Yep. Um, we either go, let's do a swapsie or let's um you know sometimes that's not a, that's just not appropriate um so for instance i mean you you do uh, wealth creation over here we have financial planning so i have four financial five financial plans so i've gone through their process before i will refer them to anybody yeah, i'm yeah, not going to yeah. leave anybody near my people <laughs> unless i know exactly what they do or they've gone through mine yeah so i've got a um a, weirdly a, a va person person who has um vas i'm working with them they're an expert sort of but they're just you know we do have people who aren't straight experts in our in our program so now that i know that their systems are good there's no brain it's bang 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 yeah. um took a lot of time um the last three clients i've got into my program where like that like usually you know we got a turnaround time of a few months um we took a long time, like six or seven months to get to know each six months. I did one person's program myself. Yeah. Um, he got a very clear understanding, very deep understanding of what I do. Um, but you have to be very selective in those people. You have they have to align to your values. They have to, some people you do meet, they align to your values, you have get a great feeling about, and it does take a while to see where the collaboration is. Um, but if you don't have that feeling, don't go any further regardless um but to me the first thing is how much interest do they have in you yeah I, you're making me think too i love that um i won't hire any marketing people until i've gone through my system mm. and it's interesting because um when we first built our brand the guy was like oh no i get it and then i put him through the plan and he goes oh no now i get it now i get it because he didn't know how the clients were going to feel through the journey he didn't know what the transformation was going to be like. So how can you market if you've just got an intellectual appreciation? Just what you're saying. This is it takes it from an intellectual appreciation of what you do to a real understanding of the value of what you do. And when you're working as we do with experts and you're one and I'm one, when we have an expertise based on lived experience as well, mm -hmm. you actually have to get deep into that. Yeah. Um, and there's other ways to shortcut that, get them to talk to your clients, mm -hmm. um, talk to their clients. Mm -hmm. 
Um, if someone, if you say to somebody, I want to work with you, I need to talk to three clients and they say, and they, they, they hedge out. Now, accountants immediately, I can I can feel the accountants already going. Oh, I can't let anyone near my clients. Why? I can tell you, most people will be if they've been with you for a while, they would love to talk about you. Right. That's our block. Yeah. And it's actually usually not because they think they're clients. There's just a block. This is we've got to keep our and also remember, clients are humans. No one owns them. <laughs> Slavery, people. <laughs> asterisks asterisks people are real people are real um yeah and yeah so that's it and look i collaborations are hard and they they are but they but, can be and, very rewarding but you when if you spend that time up front spend so much time up front the scale or as you know jim collins calls it the flywheel flips out and it as i said the last three clients bang 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 it, it was so easy i'm going to say well i did it with ease to use um yeah the effortless terms but um it's um yeah collaboration is relationship and make sure that you're in a relationship if you don't have that trust you're always going to be what did that what what happened there's too much even if they haven't done anything there's too much energy involved in that mm. um you have to have deep trust and deep trust does take a little bit time no matter what facebook or anything says well, Just I think it, time. it's kind of like, um, you know, getting a prenup before you get married, right? You've yes. you understand everything, you know, what's going to happen if things go wrong and you understand where they could go wrong and it's all, it's all ready to go. You understand? I'm glad you brought prenup up. Documented people. Document. Yeah, <laughs> that is correct. And the, and if they uh, avoid that or don't want that, they're not the right uh, collaboration partner either. And remember, we're experts too. So, you know, we do that. I cannot tell you, even so, the biggest, the, the big collaboration you could do is obviously go into business with people. And I am, that is the mistake that I have to keep on learning. Um, there's different ways to do that. I get shocked on just how many accounting firms, lawyer firms, um, anything, don't even have sharehold agreements. Yeah. Like, this is your ultimate collaboration. And I can tell you, my, that used to be a valuation expert. I spent more time in nasty split ups for business than I ever did on the stand with um, right. marriages. <laughs> so true. So true. So true. I think what and, you're doing then is you're, it's, it feels really good about what you're doing in terms of setting up your experts mm -hmm. for, for success so that they can build scalable businesses and have the lives that they want. How do people Absolutely. get in touch with you, Sam? Um, well, I've got a podcast. So business habitat um so business habitat um so blueprinthq.com.au for everyone um dot com dot au dot au yes okay. um jump on linkedin check out sam dean i would love to connect with you um and if it's okay i'll give you a link to our aligned leader program which is what we're really super proud of coming out um and this these are all examples if, if people work, we are about teaching people how to fish. Um, we don't want to do anything for you. We're not consultants. That's like going to the gym and watching someone else work out. I think that's actually an Eleanor quote. Um, we want to teach you how to do this stuff. And it's not, it does take time sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but we also want you to get the success you want. Yeah. Um, because I don't want you turning up and going, turning around and going, how to get here. 
Well, I think that the real bottom line here today then is, is that we have to put ourselves first and align ourselves appropriately mm -hmm. so that we can serve others. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming, fly, flying in with you, Will, from, <laughs> from Australia today. <laughs> Thank you so much, so much, Wendy. I just had a ball. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.